Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Streets. My name is JJ Jackson. On the show with me today, I've got my good buddy Brant Daughtry with me on the show, and we've got a lot to get into here on again this Thursday. I had to double check myself there on what day it actually was. That was pretty funny. A bit of a pause, but it is Thursday, and uh, we're getting set for Auburn and LSU coming up this weekend. Fifth game of the season for both teams, and we'll discuss that throughout today's show. Our buddy Tom Green of AL.com will be on the program at 4.15 today. We've got birthdays and sports that we'll tackle a little bit later in the program. A nightly TV guide. We're going to let you hear from Chris Busher once again today. Again, honor for us to have an NASCAR Cup Series driver on the program. And then we've got high school football tonight right here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Beauregard, the undefeated Hornets, take on Silicaga a little bit later tonight. That'll be fun. Kickoff set for 7 o'clock. JJ and Brant on the show. Brant, how are you? I'm fantastic, man, and really excited for high school football tonight. I think I'm going to go crash that party, actually, planning on headed over to Beauregard, and I'm going to use that press pass for what it's meant to be used for and, and watch a high school football game. I just love that, man. Yeah, I, you know. I support I, that decision. I, You know, I came over here, and I, that was the first year that we had Smith Station uh, when I got over here, and we were like, yeah, we want you to do high school football with us, want you to do high school sports with us, and I was like, yeah, man, that sounds awesome, and I ended up going with Smith Station, uh, like, I I've board up some Beauregard games. I've actually never seen a Beauregard high school football game. So tonight I'm going to change that. I'm going to go watch the the number nine ranked Hornets yeah. go uh, go take on who they play Silicaga. Yeah, they're playing Silicaga. So going to go watch that one tonight, and I'm excited for it. Keep Brooks Childers company for us. I'm going to do my best. He's going to be up in the booth. I'm going to be down on the field, but. Yeah, we'll hang well, out with Bill. May- hang out with good people, okay? <laughs> I'll hang out with good people. And you're you're more than. Well, I'm telling you, if you want to go up into the booth with those guys, oh, they would I'd, love to see Brandon. I'm sure I am, there. but I, I tell you, man, I love watching games from ground level. Do it. I then. love watching games from ground level. I'm also planning on uh, using that same pass to go watch uh, Auburn and Opelika tomorrow. I've, I've never seen that rivalry, one of the greatest rivalries in high school football. So I'm definitely planning on uh, using. Uh, going and yeah. seeing that one looks as well. like you've got some plans ahead of you. I so. do. I, I have planned for the weekend. I'm going to be watching football four days in a row. <laughs> Probably and you're five. Okay with that for sure. We'll Definitely. have a, an NFL game tonight. The Miami Dolphins undefeated. They're taking on the uh, reigning AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's our NFL game tonight. Is Tua and the Dolphins versus Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Absolutely, and that's two. That's a, a battle of two really good young quarterbacks and. Man, Tua Tagovailoa has really turned it around this year, hasn't he? I mean, everybody talked about how he was going to be a bust, how he was kind of, you know, you can see the talent, you can see the ability, but he just can't really put it all together. This year, he's really putting it all together. Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill will, Hill, excuse me, uh, will will make life on a quarterback a lot easier. But man, the Dolphins are playing well. The Bengals 
uh, started one and two, but they made the Super Bowl last year. They've got so much talent, especially on offense. Uh, shout out to Jamar Chase for carrying my fantasy team right now. Um, and so it very much, very much looking forward to that one as well. A lot of star power in that game that's going to be featured a little bit later tonight. And Brant, I swear folks out there are listening to us because Sporting News just tweeted out a crazy stat a moment ago. Why don't you read that for folks <laughs> with the game right. coming up tonight? From the Sporting News, Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa are facing each other tonight for the first time since LSU and Alabama played in 2019. Facts from that game, 55 players were drafted, 37 of 44 starters were drafted, 18 first-round draft picks. So That's insane. T- I- I'm telling you, man, Alabama that has loaded recruiting classes. They always do. LSU is always going to be super talented. And, and those that year, both of those teams were really yeah. good. And, and th- that's another thing people always – and I'm, I'm going to be a homer real quick – People always want to compare Joe Burrow's season and Cam Newton's season. The difference between Joe Burrow and Cam Newton is that Joe Burrow had about eight first-round draft picks on that team with him, and he was fantastic for sure. Cam Newton didn't have any other first-round draft picks, and that's that's all you need to know. That is all you need that's to know. That's all you need to know. The, great, is, the greatness of 2010 Cam Newton right. cannot be overstated. Right, but what a game that was. Again, Absolutely. Uh, Joe Burrow and Tua going head-to-head against one another for the first time since Alabama and LSU in 2019. LSU won that game. From that game, 55 players drafted, 37 of 44 starters drafted, 18 first-round draft picks. Dolphins and Bengals a little bit later this evening. 334-887-3401 if you would like to call in and be a part of the show. And now we're talking about LSU. That's the opponent for Auburn. We've got an opponent preview now on our website. Yeah, we do. That has been tweeted out at SportsCallAU. I've retweeted it. You've retweeted it, Brant. You do a lot of great work putting these together each and every week. And before we get into what LSU is going to be like on the field on Saturday, let's give away some tickets. Let's do it. To the game. We have got three tickets. Three tickets that we're giving away right now to our first caller, 334-887-9999. Call in to our prize line, our prize line, 334-887-9999. We're giving away three tickets for anyone uh, that calls in right now for Auburn and LSU's football game. I love it. I love that we're going to be able to give somebody the opportunity to go that's, to one of these games. That's one of my favorite things that we do on this show is give away free and, stuff. And, and so frequently, you know, we'll give away some pairs of tickets and that sort of thing. Here's three. This is always what Trace. I was looking for uh, in my life growing up, right, with my dad. And then I've got a brother who's very close in age to me. Shout out to Eli. And if you get a, if you got a pair of tickets, dad's got to make a decision on who to take to the game, right? Mm-hmm. And then my brother and I are fighting over who gets <laughs> Rock, to go paper, to the scissors. game. And then my dad doesn't choose either one of us to go. He'd always take a buddy or my uncle or something, you know? So <laughs> let's not have fathers out there have to make that tough call if they've got little ones and they want both of them to be able to go to the game. So first caller right now, we're giving away Auburn football tickets for the game against LSU. Call in 334-887-9999. What jumps out to you about LSU? Uh, very talented, as, as they always are. Um, they're a really good football team. I, I really think that. Brian Kelly is a, a weird fit 
But uh, so far, it's kind of working. I don't know if Brian, Taylor, Brian Kelly's going to be successful at LSU, but right now he's got a really good team. Jaden Daniels uh, has been the starter at Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona State. Arizona State for the past three years, and he never really impressed me uh, in his time in it at Arizona State. But, man, he's looked pretty good so far this year. He's, he's probably going to hit 1,000 yards on the season in this game. Honestly, if he if I think he's 850 something right now, or 840 something, he doesn't need that many. He needs a decent game to break a thousand yards already on the season, and I, I think he's a pretty good player. Um, even though I didn't think that for the previous three years, uh, their defense has two really really good pass rushers. Uh, the one that really jumps out is a guy named uh, B.J. Ojolari. Um, he's a, a grandson of a Nigerian prince, which should sound for, or Nigerian king, which should sound familiar to a couple of Auburn fans uh, who remember Michael Sammons and Tega Wanago. Um, with, uh, with, with that, man, I'll be honest, I don't love the matchup <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with what Auburn's doing. I don't love the matchup, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things look, and, you know, you're going to do some shuffling on the offensive line this week with, uh, with Tate Johnson being out for most of the season now, uh, if not all of it. So we'll we'll see how the offensive line looks. I don't expect the tackles to change. Uh, Austin Troxel and Killian Zier have struggled this year, but they have shown flashes of being good in the past. So you need you need those flashes to come to this game, and you you need all of the bad that the tackles have shown over the past couple of weeks to not show up, which is a tough ask. But it's what's going to have to happen. You titled this preview Crossroads. Yes. Tell me more. Yes. So I, I, I think the title of this has very little to do with LSU. Um, this is 100% about Auburn. Um, if, Auburn lo- if Auburn does what personally I expect them to do and just not look good, not compete, maybe hang, maybe hang around for a half but get pulled away from in the second and it just not look very good, th- then I think Auburn's going to be making a, a – a, 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 Auburn's going to be making a move. Uh, and it may not be made immediately. The, again, the rumor is that the guys uh, that are making the decisions are going to wait until the bye week to uh, to fire Brian Harson if it does come to that. Um, but if Brian Harson wants to save his job, it well, it started last week, but last week didn't impress anybody. But you did win the game. If you win this game, no matter how you do it, it's impressive because LSU is a good team. So if if Brian Harson wants to save his job, it's now. If he loses this game. He's pretty much done. We're talking about Auburn and LSU coming up on Saturday, and we are thrilled to have uh, an opportunity to give away some tickets here. We want to give a shout-out to Parker Dillard, who just won tickets for Auburn's game on Saturday against LSU. So shout-out to Parker. Congrats on winning those tickets. I'm sure you'll enjoy the game coming up on Saturday. If you weren't the first caller... We may or may not have more tickets to give away throughout the rest of the week. So may keep or may listening not. to us here on Sports Call. We got to take a timeout. We're back with more on Tiger 95.9 FM. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... What? My name is... 
Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Back on the program, it's Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson with Brant Daughtry for today's show. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap enable to use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. It's been a good show this week. We've had a lot of great guests on the program. Tom Green of AL.com set to join us later in the show. We said it before, but Chris Busher, an NASCAR Cup Series driver who won last week at Bristol, he was on the show this week. Ben Ingram of the Braves Radio Network has been on Sports Call. Justin Ferguson, Jason Caldwell. I mean, we've had a good number of guests, and Joe Bartle from Rotowire can't leave him out uh, for his great fantasy football advice last week. So if you want to go back and listen to any of those Make sure you go check out the Sports Call podcast brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. Speaking of those Atlanta Braves, really tough loss for Atlanta last night in extra innings. They lost to the Nationals by a run, and then the Mets came back, and the New York Mets won by a run over the Marlins. So now both teams with a day off today and the Mets back in front by one game. Yeah, one game, uh, certainly not insurmountable, but... You know, you have to. It's you knew that you were going to have to win this upcoming series. I'm glad that we've gotten to this series with it meaning something. I would rather have gone to it tied or even up one. Uh, certainly, losing an extra inning game to the Nationals is not how you want to start the most important series of the year. But um, you know, it, it's baseball. Stuff happens. Guys go hot. Guys go cold. It's a very hard game to play. There's a reason that no team has ever gone or will ever go undefeated. Right. Um, it, uh, blind squirrels find nuts more often than not in baseball. Uh, and the Nationals found one last night against the, a really good Braves team. And, you know, I, I would love it if the Braves could have just ran off 10 in a row and, and closed this thing out. But, you know, it was never going to be, be that simple. And we knew that. So, Braves and Mets, one game between them. Uh, Brett's, Brett's, Braves have to take two out of three. If you lose the series, it's pretty much done. Um, if you go ahead and sweep them, then makes things a whole lot yeah, easier. Just just win all three games, be up by two going to Miami, uh, and that would make the magic number probably what two at that point. Yeah. So uh, going into that last series for both teams, so let's you know I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be an incredible. Pitching matchup, I know that. Degrom goes yeah. tomorrow. They yeah, moved they, they their moved rotation yeah. around. That was a, um, a a gutsy move by the not gutsy. He's your best pitcher. Throw him when you can. But yeah. uh, and then of course they're going to be able to set him up for a good spot once their postseason gets started. But yeah, I mean Jacob Degrom pitching tomorrow for the New York Mets, and yeah. we'll see how the Braves can counter. And it's uh, it's Max Fried going for the Braves, right? Yeah. And it is so both both pitching orders are back at the top of their rotations. So you'll get. 
first, second, and third uh, of their best. Now the Braves are going to be without Spencer Strider, which sucks on multiple levels, but mostly because he's my favorite Brave. Yeah. Um, you do love Strider. I do love Spencer for Strider. For years, and it's for me since Freed's rookie season, I've loved Mad Max so yeah, much. Yeah, Max, oh my Max is a lot of fun to watch, man. And I I, I love all the Braves pitchers, really, uh, when they're doing good. I love I love good baseball players that wear my team's colors. <laughs> let's, let's say that. That's how we um, feel. There, there's never, there's never been a guy who was just really, really good, and I was like, man, I just don't like this dude. Right. I just don't like this dude very much. But uh, you know, it, it's the fun gets started tomorrow night in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to predict anything because both of these teams are so good, and baseball is such an unpredictable sport. So I'm not going to predict anything. I'm just going to be rooting really, really hard for the Braves. Here's what we know. Both teams are guaranteed to make the playoffs. Yes. They've already clinched postseason yes. berths, which is awesome. Uh, and they're both going to be tough outs now that it's no longer a one-game wildcard elimination. You're going to have to play a series against these teams and beat them. Let's celebrate some birthdays. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today, September 29th, 2022. How about Calvin Johnson? Megatron. Former wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. You're right. Nicknamed Megatron. Selected second overall in the 2007 NFL Draft by the Lions out of Georgia Tech. Three-time first-team All-Pro. Six-time Pro Bowler. Twice led the NFL in receiving yards. Once led the NFL in receptions. He's a member of the Detroit Lions all-time team. He holds the NFL record for most receiving yards in a season with 1,964. The dude was 36 yards shy of a 2,000 receiving yard yeah. season. That's he, insane. He was the different. NFL record holder. And also did that in a time like just before where we are now where offenses are throwing it two-thirds of the time. Uh, it played in an era where running the ball was still a focus yeah. of most offenses. So uh, for him to do that, man, I, I hate that he uh, he felt the need to retire early. I hate that uh, he, he never got to play on a really good team. But, man, watching him was so fun. He, he made the Detroit Lions appointment television. Yep. A good connection with Matthew Stafford over all of those years. At Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson won the Bolitnikoff Award in 2006, ACC Player of the Year in 2006. He is a member of both the Pro and College Football Hall of Fame. And did, Calvin did that Johnson, at Georgia, Georgia Tech, <laughs> did that at a place that ran the triple option. Right. Insane. Able to do great things. Chris Hope is 42, the former NFL safety, selected in the third round of the 2002 NFL Draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers out of Florida State. Also played for the Titans and Falcons, Super Bowl 40 champion, and a one-time Pro Bowler, Chris Hope is 42. Marshall Newhouse is 34. Current NFL free agent offensive tackle selected in the fifth round of the 2010 NFL Draft by the Green Bay Packers out of TCU. Has also played for the Bengals, Giants, Raiders, Bills, Panthers, Patriots, and Titans. A Super Bowl 45 champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Marshall Newhouse, the offensive tackle, is 34. Also turning 34 years old today, how about Kevin Durant, a current forward for the Brooklyn Nets? Ever heard of him. Selected second overall in the 2007 NBA Draft by the Thunder. At that time, they were the Seattle Supersonics. He played college basketball at Texas, played with the Golden State Warriors, and won two NBA championships and two finals MVPs. Kevin Durant, 34 today. 
good guy. Pretty pretty good at good the whole basketball, basketball player. thing. I was th- I was looking at that though. So Calvin Johnson and Kevin Durant, both outstanding athletes in the grand scheme of things. Very much. Both so. celebrating their birthday today, and Brant both were the number two overall pick of the 2007 draft in their respective sports. Two very talented guys. One of them has not played in a while. Uh, One of them is still playing and is still... I feel like both of them, if they were still playing, could still be very, very good. Katie is a four-time NBA scoring champion and at Texas. He was the 2007 Consensus National College Player of the Year. He had his number 35 jersey retired by the Longhorns. And then finally, Jaden McDaniels is 22. This is a current small forward for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Selected 28th overall in the 2020 NBA Draft by the Lakers out of Washington, but immediately traded on draft night to the T-Wolves 2019 McDonald's All-American. Jaden McDaniels is 22 years old today. Youngster. Birthdays in sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. Two convenient locations, one in Auburn on Gay Street, one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Allow Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. Calvin Johnson is 37. We've got Chris Hope, 42. Marshall Newhouse, 34. Kevin Durant, 34. And Jaden McDaniels, 22 years old. Our birthdays in sports here today brought to you by Max Credit Union. It's time for us to step aside. We've got our next commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au i'm brian harson head football coach of the auburn tigers and you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Moving forward here in Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson and Brant Daughtry. want to let you know again about the Southeastern Land Group tailgate on Saturday, 132 North Ross Street, starting at 2 o'clock, a block and a half away from Tumor's Corner. Big Mike's Barbecue will be catered. You want to come by and say hello to us. A tailgate party, the Auburn and LSU game on Saturday. If you want to be a part of our show, give us a call, 334-887-3401. Or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine to be on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Crossroads is kind of how you feel about this Auburn football team going into their game on Saturday against LSU. Make a break time for this team. Last game at home of this five straight home games to open up this 2022 season you need to make it a good one if you're Auburn absolutely and if you don't then well that's kind of what people expected and I think Brian Harson's going to be gone by the bye week if Auburn doesn't win this one because if you can't win this one I certainly don't expect them to be competitive against Georgia uh, and then Ole Miss you know if you're on a what would that be that'd be a three game a two game losing streak and you haven't looked good in the, the previous two games and you barely looked good in the game against Missouri and the game against San Jose State was not great uh you know you're you're just you're sliding backwards oh and Penn State how could I forget um you're backsliding and the momentum is going in the wrong direction to be going into the bye week uh and you know if that's the case then I think Brian Harson will be gone 
And nobody likes when you're sliding. You know, no. like we want to see some. No, well, you like sliding, but you like sliding forward. Right. You like sliding forward. That's that's the the biggest issue with uh, the on-field stuff to me right now. Last year, you went into Penn State, into one of the toughest environments to play. They did their wideout. They did their big thing. And you had a competitive game. You lost You lost by eight. You know, not, not what anybody wanted, but certainly respectable, especially for a first-year head coach. Uh, this year... You host them. The crowd shows up. It's an excellent environment. Uh, people are – everybody showed up for that one, except for the team. The team didn't show up. You lost badly to a Penn State team that lost a lot of its talent. Uh, so you're that shows you're going in the wrong direction because last year you looked so much better against that team. Uh, and then now you, you're, you don't. And a lot of it is that you've lost some guys, whether it be in the portal or graduation or – the NFL, whatever it is, but he, it would be one thing if it felt like, hey, this team's roster isn't great, but the team's playing hard, and you can see where this thing might be going, even if it's not there right now. Uh, or if the recruiting was just killing it, and you go, and man, they, these guys that are coming in, they're gonna they're gonna be better than the guys we're losing. And the fact is, that's not happening right now. Sure. But if Auburn come, if Auburn comes out and performs well on Saturday, and we go, hey, something has changed, then you know that that's step one. That's step one. Well, again, last week was step one, but that was kind of the easiest step one. Uh, step two is going to be much more difficult than step one. You know, they always say the first step to overcoming your problem is admitting you have a problem. Sure, that's also the easiest step. So Auburn knows it has a problem right now. You had to beat Missouri. That was just step one. Uh, step two, step step three is just going to be crossing midfield a few times against Georgia yeah. because I don't think anybody's going to be competitive with Georgia all year. And then, you know, going to Oxford to play Ole Miss, that game's not going to be easy either. And you're going to have to go two and one in those games, and that one cannot be just 56 to nothing. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a rough go. I really think – I think it'll be a rough go. Um, I'm just – crossing my fingers and my toes and my eyes, hoping that Auburn can be competitive in that Georgia game. <laughs> but I'm just not expecting it. Your thoughts are welcome on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. And also give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 I'm JJ Jackson alongside Brant Daughtry for today's edition of Sports Call. So, Brant, we take a look at this game and on the offensive side of the football for Auburn, uh, this team is, is not scoring touchdowns at the volume no. in which we thought that they would um you know through the air there were only two passing touchdowns in the entire month of september first four games of the season only two passing touchdowns by the sovereign football offense which if you would have said that to be the case before the start of the season i don't know that anybody would have believed you because you've got those games against san jose state and mercer factored in uh and then auburn has just struggled so much offensively to put the ball in the end zone particularly through the year you know i think i would have believed you if you told me that auburn only had two two touchdowns through four games through the air but i would have said in that case auburn's passing game must be terrible auburn's passing game isn't terrible they they are ahead of alabama and ahead of LSU in terms of explosive passing plays, plays that go more than 20 yards. They Auburn's passing game is hitting sometimes. It is hitting really more often than not. It, it, the turnovers killed you in the first two games. 
uh, from having from everybody going, wow, the passing game looks really good. You unfortunately threw three interceptions between your two quarterbacks. <laughs> and interceptions are bad. Interceptions are bad. Very bad. Can't have those. Um, and then against Penn State, everything looked bad. Everything just looked awful against Penn State. I'm... I don't know. So we're seeing the explosive know. passing plays. It's just yes. not resulting in touchdowns. You can't get it. You place. can't get it into the end zone, and you can't get them consistently. And the the intermediate stuff is not consistent. And you know, it, you don't really have time to to set up a lot of what yeah. you want to set up. You can't and run your full offense because your quarterback doesn't have time to read the field. I think I saw those numbers. What was it? Sixteen pass plays this year for Auburn that have gone for greater than twenty I think, yards. I think it's something like that. Yeah. So on average, that's four per game. That's really good. You know, but then again, you've only got the two passing touchdowns yeah. so far this season. Yeah, and one of them came against Penn State's third string defense. Yeah. You know, and that's we that that counts. And a bigger issue is not one to a wide receiver yet. You got one to a tight end, one to a tailback, and that's great. You need those guys scoring touchdowns, but the wide receivers have to do something at some point. And again, it's not all on them. Again, quarterbacks don't really have time to sit back and find their guys. You really you really You've seen a lot of designed rollouts. You've seen a lot of play action. You've seen a lot of one-read stuff. But still, I, I don't know. This Auburn offense and is struggling right now. It's starting up front, and it's ruining, ruining everything else. And I I don't want to just keep saying that because I've said that for every show that I've been on since since probably the San Jose State game, that just the offensive line isn't good, and that's holding everything else back. But it's going to continue to be true, no matter how much I want it to change. And I want to talk about that passing game for the Auburn Tigers and mentioning the big plays uh, that are factored in. You've got that one 50-plus yard pass from Robbie Ashford that we saw early. That's a play, Brant, that Javarius Johnson comes up with the catch. He's tackled inside the five yeah, he's yard line. At the four, that's that, just that's happened really to him, I think, three times. I think three times he's been tackled inside the so five. You're so close to actually making that touchdown grab yeah you're just brought down just shy of it and then you know you, you just run the football in right after that right I, that stings a little bit if as you're looking receiver, for positives I, I guess if you're looking for positives you're you're getting there you know it's not like uh javarius johnson he's kind of disappeared for the last gamers game or so but uh it, he was on pace for a thousand yards through the first three games of the year uh you know he's You've got good, talented receivers in that room. you just got to be able to get the ball to them, however that happens. Auburn's rotating a lot of guys. Omari Kelly got in the game last week. He got a catch. Um, who, Camden Brown, he got a catch. Sec, next play. So you're rotating guys in. Landon King has a catch on the year. It's You've got guys that are rotating in and you feel good about, and you've got talent in that room. you just got to give it a chance to show off. And part of that is having a wider, having a quarterback that can make the throws, and the other part is having an offensive line that can give the quarterback time to make the throws. But right now, it's it's a lot of one read stuff. It's a lot of screens and the, those fr- designed free rushers so that you can dump it over his head to a tight end or or a, a wide receiver coming across. It's a lot of one read stuff. There's not a whole lot of drop back, scan the field, and throw to the open guy. And because you just don't have time to run that, you're sure you're right about that. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if those adjustments can be made. We'll see if the offensive line shores up this week. Tom Greenavail.com will have some updates for us, I'm sure, when we chat with him in the next hour. And Tiger Talk tonight, live from Baumhauer's. Andy Birchman and Brad Law are sitting down with uh, the head coach of the Tigers, Brian Harson. They're going to sit down with Luke Deal 
from the Auburn football team. And Karen Hoppe, the Auburn soccer coach, ahead of their game tomorrow against Vanderbilt. Uh, I will not be on sports call tomorrow. I've got the play-by-play for that one on the SEC Network Plus. Do you? Alongside uh, Mackenzie Hamilton. So uh, you can watch that starting at 5 o'clock tomorrow on the SEC Network Plus. And then another topic of conversation on Tiger Talk. How about the Auburn volleyball team? 14-0, best start in program history. They've never had a 3-0 start to the year. And uh, we've already had Coach Crouch on Sports Call not once, but twice. Already had the man on our program twice this season, and it's really cool to see them doing awesome things. Yeah, I was at the high school coaches show last night helping host that with Bill Bailey. Uh, And they had one of those TVs that they have, one of the millions of TVs that they have in that restaurant, uh, was tuned to the SEC Network. And I was watching Auburn Volleyball versus Mississippi State. I love volleyball, man. I I love to play volleyball. I'm not exceptionally good at it, but I do love playing it. Uh, and, And watching these athletes who've been playing it for their entire lives. It was really, really fun. And, man, Auburn Arena was going at it. Or Neville Arena, excuse me. Neville Arena was hype for for that matchup. And Mississippi State played really well, and Auburn played really well, and Auburn ended up coming up with it, and that was fun to watch. That was a lot of fun to watch. come from behind victory for Auburn. It was. They lost two sets to one, and then came back and won in five sets. Lost the first set, won the second one, lost the third, and won the last two. That's what it takes. 14-0 for the Auburn volleyball program. They've got some SEC matches next weekend taking on Georgia. They'll play them on both Saturday and Sunday inside Neville Arena. A chance for you to see Brent Crouch and his squad getting back in action. You you know a lot more about this than I do. Isn't Mississippi State historically very, very good at volleyball? Better than most in the SEC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kentucky's been dominant recently, uh, having won the 2020 National Championship. Florida has been really good traditionally. They're good at everything. At volleyball, they are. That's a really good athletic program. They always have been. They win titles in, in just yeah, about everything, absolutely. it feels like. So, all right, before we get to the end of this hour, we want to again remind you about our Sports Call Player of the Week. Sports Call's Player of the Week. Albert Pujols' Sports Call's Player of the Week, presented by Eric McDade's State Farm. Last Friday, Pujols clubbed two home runs against the Los Angeles Dodgers to become the fourth player in MLB history to hit 700 home runs, joining Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. Pujols hit his first MLB homer in 2001 and has played for the Cardinals, Angels, and Dodgers in his career. He is the only player in MLB history to hit 700 homers, have over 3,000 hits, and over 650 doubles. Albert Pujols is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Big time stuff. Albert Pujols, our Player of the Week, presented by Eric McDade at State Farm. Thanks again to Drew Bahena for recording that for us and talking about the great week that Albert Pujols has had. Yeah, that's insane to think about. I remember talking at the beginning of the season. We were all kind of convinced when he when he said he was coming back for one more, he was going to try to get to 700, and if he couldn't get to it, then whatever, he was going to be done. And we were all like, well, he's not going to play enough. He's yeah. not going to be an everyday player for them. He needs 20-something to get there. He's not going to get it. And about three-quarters of the season, it was trending that way, and then he exploded. He's hit like 12 home runs over the last two or three months, something like that. And, you know, hitting 699 and 700 on the same night is very impressive in a, in a rout of the Dodgers, really. Uh, and just a, you know, great, 
Great player. Been very fun to watch, even if it's been in my peripheral for most of my life. Uh, 2001. I was three years old. <laughs> I was three years old when Albert Pujols made his MLB debut. So many fun stats that we were able to talk about a little bit yesterday with this, including uh, in 2001, when he hit that first career home run, Tom Brady, seven career yeah. passing yards. Yeah. Seven career passing yards. And now Brady's got records upon records upon records. And so does uh, Albert. Albert Pujols, only the fourth ever. That's what's also so, so yeah. wild about this. We had a big breakdown. I don't know that we're ever going to see somebody get back to 700 home runs. It's What's insane about that is you've got to be really, really good. And you've got to be really, really good for a really, really long time. You cannot miss time. You cannot miss an extended period of time and get to 700. You've got to be healthy for 20-something years. And you got to debut very young. Like yeah. You've got to start your career early and be productive He's 42 early. years old. Hitting 700 home runs, over 3,000 hits in his Hall of Fame career as well. First Latino to hit 700 tanks in a season. Or in a season. That'd be insane. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Uh, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be an average of about six and a half homers a game. My name is Albert Pujols, and I hit 700 home runs in, in one season. one year. I would like his team's chances of winning the World Series. Yeah, that for sure. Year, Absolutely. If that were to happen. You're guaranteed uh, but, to get six runs out of one dude. Right. So, uh, yeah, good stuff from Pujols, who is our sports call player of the week. Pretty impressive milestone. Last night in the sports world, we finally saw it, Brant. Aaron Judge hit number 61 he did and you know what i don't know why but i don't care nearly as much about yeah. aaron judge as i do albert Pujols. is as impressive as that is anybody who's you know playing clean and is able to hit 60 homers in one season uh is very impressive and aaron judge is very very good and uh coming into a contract year two uh to pull off a feat like this probably going to win mvp uh, and well-deserved. And the Yankees, even though they've backslid a little bit, um, they did win their division. Um, and, you know, you can't count them out for a World Series. They're yeah. a really good team, and they have probably the best player in baseball right now. Some would expect we'll see a Houston Astros versus New York Yankees American League Championship Series matchup, and that's going to be a down-to-the-wire series uh, there in that one. All right, we've done it. We've reached the end of the first hour of Sports Call here today. Alongside Brant Daughtry, my name is J.J. Jackson. Two hours left to go. A lot more fun here on Sports Call. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 
We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry here on today's program. Coming up here in about 10 minutes, our good pal Tom Green from AL.com will be on the show to talk about the latest with this Auburn football team ahead of a big-time game against LSU coming up this weekend. Your thoughts are welcome via the Auburn Bank phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, give us a call to join the show, 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the sports call phone line. Let's go to the phone lines for the first time this hour and joining us here on the program today we are so excited to be able to bring on one of our good pals he is war damn steve retired war damn steve joining us on the program hello steve good afternoon and thank you for that compliment uh you and brent and yes. uh in spite of my tirades and uh, uh sometimes unnecessary profanities mr brent uh, as you know, I'm, I'm very passionate. I enjoyed meeting you. I'm um, going to come by and meet you guys again tomorrow. Yes, that's right. A second dose of meat. Uh, but I, All right. you, I apologize for my passion sometimes, and I shouldn't have gotten lit into you like I did over uh, that issue about Brian, uh, Coach Harson. Uh, I don't. You know, should let him go. Don't so, worry about it, Steve. We, we're both passionate people. It happens sometimes. Don't worry about it. Unfortunately, I love Auburn so damn much. Uh, well, there I go again. Um, I love it so much <laughs> that uh, I. I I, sometimes I, I lose self-control, so uh, I'll, I'll do better at it. All right, guys, I've come up with the key to winning the game Saturday, which my daughter and I will be at. All right, lay it on. Okay. The key to winning this game uh, for our guys is this. I'm hoping that LSU is just confused about our offense as we are about our offense. And that hopefully will give us the advantage. No, well, no, no laughs there, no... Well, I, I don't, you know, Steve. I, I, I don't think the, I don't think that Auburn's confused. I just think the offense isn't very good. Well, that's to me part of the confusion. You know, we are very good because the coaches apparently are confused that they don't know what to do to adjust to, uh, to our, you know, uh, poor talent up front. Well, Steve, that's the problem. When you got poor talent, there's not a whole lot you can do with it. Well, I know, I know, I know you're saying, Brad, but I've read comments from. Um, uh, Stat Tiger uh, from Nathan King, and they're all saying, "Well, we need maybe more run uh, pass option plays. Uh, we need to give uh, the receiver, you know, when they're coming at us and you know, stacking the box, uh, just throw it right in the uh, slant, you know, uh, pass, you know, in the middle of the field because it'll be vacant." Well, I, I, I hear what they're saying, and, and they're, they're right. They're absolutely right. You need to see more of that. I would love to see Auburn get the ball to its athletes more in the space. The problem is, can you execute? Can Robbie Ashford execute those plays? Can the wide receivers execute those plays? Now, I, I think getting the ball to tank on the edges is something that Auburn's going to try to do more. I think those slant routes that we've seen can be very successful. The problem is, you know, what do you do when the defense says, hey, here's what they're doing. We can put four. We can put five in the box and still stop their run. 
let's let's creep up on their wide receivers and see what they do now. Yeah, well, you know, and what explains? I mean, if I was you know allowed to to speak to others, I'd say, hey guys, how come you use some of our strong receivers only one time? We don't see them for the rest of the game, like Landon King. Well, because, again, Landon King, what he's done has been spectacular, but we have not seen that much of it. He's been on the field, uh, even when he doesn't get passes thrown to him. But, you know, he doesn't always get passes thrown to him for a reason. And, and we, don't we don't know what know that reason is. We don't we, know what they are. No, we don't. And, look, I'm with you. I would love to see more of Landon King, but the thing is we don't know how good Landon King is. And we saw Coy Moore. He was finally thrown to and did a good job of it. Very right. impressed he, with what we saw, yeah. He tripped over the 30-yard 30, 30 line, but that other than that, fun, yeah. yeah. I, I, Sniper got I, I him. I saw that. I saw that. Okay, well, I can tell you right now, this I've not seen in a long time, but all the fearless forecasters, you know, they make the predictions for the game on Auburn 247 Sports. None of them had us winning. In fact, someone had us losing like 31-13. to 13. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not really shocked by that. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping it won't be that kind of a miserable performance and I'm still I'm pulling for the team guys even though I think the coaching staff uh, is not uh, the, the right fit for us uh, I'm pulling for these players because you know they bust their butts throughout uh, the week and I, I hope that it means as much to them as it does to fans because you know we aren't out there sweating and, and uh, getting hit and kicked around you know, during the week but they are yeah Steve I promise you it means a hundred times more to those players than it does to any fan all right, moving on, guys. On a lighter note, a brighter note, I just saw that our volleyball team has made a record never set before. We're fourteen and zero. First time ever, and best start in SEC play as well. Three and zero. Yep. Yeah. Really good uh, stuff. And we've talked to the volleyball coach twice already this season on the radio show. It's been fun to catch up and follow them. Uh, speaking of uh, other uh, teams, soccer team, how are we doing? Uh, they could be a little bit better right now in conference play. They've lost three straight, but all of them have been decided by one goal uh, by by that one nothing margin. So uh, a young bunch there for Coach Hoppe, and still a lot left to be played for this season. They're in a good spot. They'll 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 uh, they'll start to get some wins together, I think. Okay, and uh, speeding not being a good spot, I can't believe that Braves lost last night, three to two. Yeah, tough one for them. A little walk off. So one game behind. So it's. It's going to be two out of three that they have to win, right, guys? Uh, at least that. If they lose the series, then it's pretty much done. I don't think I don't think the division can be decided by this series unless the Braves get swept. Uh, but you know, if you do lose the series, if you take uh, only one out of two, then you, you're pre- it's pretty much done. Okay, that's that's kind of what if I, you go one and two, excuse me. Was. Okay, um, you guys going to the game or not? We'll be there. Brant will be with his family once again, and I'll be up in the press box. Okay, well, look for me, my daughter, on section 39, row 8, and uh, I'll be in our, in our orange, because yeah, it's a stripe date tomorrow night. That's right. Yes, it is. And I'm so glad it's going to be good weather. Uh, not hot. In fact, it's going to be kind of cool, right? Right. And no rain. Thank goodness. No rain. All right, with that said, guys, believe it or not, I don't think... Oh, well, I'm sorry. One thing. Uh, did you happen to come across the the crap nonsense by A.J. McCarron? Uh, I did, and uh, I'll tell you the same thing that I've told other people who I've talked to about this. I'm not interested in what A.J. McCarron has to say about Auburn. Like, I, I don't care. It's A.J. McCarron. What, what does he know about Auburn? What does he matter? He played, he, played a, he played quarterback at Alabama. He was an okay quarterback. Whatever. I don't care what he thinks about Auburn. 
Well, I don't care either, but, but he comes out uh, with this, like, this, you know, this breaking news. Yeah, like it's big facts. Sure. Yeah. And then we end up finding out, no, no, and no. He doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Do people like that never get shamed into you know shutting up and not doing that kind of stuff? Most Alabama fans uh, have not had enough of shaming and shutting up in their lives now. I guess not. Hi right, guys, I'm through. I'm heading up for the game tomorrow. Uh, same with some friends, and then we're going to be tailgating, and I may uh, get a pass over to uh, Mr. Mike's. Is that there right, you go. Mike? There you go. Yep, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that game unfolds for Auburn. So we got Tom Green from AL.com coming up next, Steve. So we got to get going. Okay, yeah. Ask him about uh, all these rumors. Uh, why don't they stop it? Okay, guys. Uh, I know you won't. So anyway, uh, thank you for your time as always. Thanks for me letting me ramble here. And uh, have a safe afternoon and enjoy the weekend. And who knows, maybe we still have one of the nine cap lives left. War Eagle. War Eagle, guys. All right. That's your Tiger Ward and Steve joining us here on Sports Call. Let's take our next commercial break here on the program. On the other side, Tom Green from AL.com joins us next here on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. All right, welcome back in. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson and Brant Daughtry here inside our studio. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or... If you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. We're getting set for Auburn football to take on LSU on Saturday from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. You, of course, can listen to the radio broadcast on 93.9 here within our Tiger Communications family of networks. Andy Burcham, Stan White have the play-by-play call for Auburn football versus LSU. Now we want to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program. Tom Green writes for AL.com, and he's here with us on the show today. Tom, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things going for you in your world? It's doing good. Weather's been beautiful this week. Um, yeah, just a uh, nice, nice, nice week around here right now. So, you know, just trying to enjoy it before you know it gets hot again or it gets cold again or you know we get some of that inclement <laughs> weather coming through on Saturday. So. No doubt about that. No, it has been a great week for sure, and uh, it's awesome to be able to chat with you about this Auburn football season so far. Four straight home games already with a fifth to come. It's kind of crazy when uh, we saw this, I think it was, what, 2016, when Auburn had five straight home games to open up the year. Pretty wild when we find ourselves in seasons like this. Yeah, yeah, and it goes by pretty quick. It's kind kind of crazy to think that, you know, we're already a third of the way through the regular season. Um, and, you know, here we are, first first game of uh, division play, and, you know, they haven't even hit the road yet. So uh, certainly been 
interesting first month, that's for sure. When you take a look at this team, and you know, we talked with you during fall camp and leading up to the start of the season, Tom, and you were, uh, you know, you talk about the ceilings and floors of so many of these football teams. With Auburn specifically, given the first four weeks that we've seen, has your answer changed on what the ceiling and floor of this football season could look like for the Tigers? Um, I don't think that their ceiling is high as I thought is as high as I thought it might be coming into the season. Um, you know, obviously they're three and one, which you know it's a good place to be through four games. But when you actually look at how they've performed through those first four games, I think it's been you know fairly underwhelming. Um, you know, especially th- those first two wins against Mercer and San Jose State, a little bit uneven, and then you know that loss to Penn State. You know, that was a big marquee, you know, non-conference game, uh, you know, real chance to kind of make an early season statement and, you know, you come out there and suffer your worst home loss in a decade and then, you know, get pretty fortunate last week to escape Missouri with a win there. Um, you know, Missouri literally just handing handing the game away there in overtime. Um, so I, I, I don't think that, you know, the ceiling for this team is as high right now. And frankly, the, the floor might have been lowered a little bit uh, based on what we've seen today for our four games. Tom, a lot has been made of the struggles of this offensive line and, and how they're playing right now. What can this offense do to maybe help out hide some of those deficiencies or uh, have some success despite uh, what the offensive line has not been able to do to this point? Well, I, I think this week with, with Robbie starting again, you know, just – kind of moving the pocket for him, um, giving him some opportunities to make plays on the run um, just because, you know, they, they've not been great in pass protection um, and you need to have some semblance of a, of a passing attack um, to be able to create some lanes for Tank Bigsby. Um, you know, outside, you know, last week you look at that game, you know, the first two drives, you know, they moved the ball well, they scored, but once they got away from that script, you know, I think they averaged – 1.9 sack-adjusted rushing yards for the rest of the game. Um, finished the game with his 82 rushing yards when you have one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, that, that's frankly unacceptable. They need to do something to get this offense going. I know Robbie Ashford's still developing some as a passer, um, but you know he made some decent plays in the in the passing game last week. Um, you know, Coy Moore obviously kind of emerged a little bit there. You need to get Javarius Johnson back involved. Him having just one target and that one target coming in over time. Um, it's not going to cut it when he's been your most dynamic playmaker in the passing game. Um, so, you know, they, they just need to do something to you know, get that passing game a step forward. So it takes a little bit of pressure and makes things a little bit easier on Tank Bigsby and that rushing attack. That was going to be one of my next questions about those wideouts because it's a position group, Tom, that a lot of people had a lot of questions for going into the year. And you mentioned uh, kind of the production that we've seen out of Javarius Johnson so far this year, but the wide receiver room as a whole has yet to catch a receiving touchdown this season. Only two touchdown passes for that passing offense. I mean, how can we view this wide receiver so far this season? Yeah, it's really wild. Um, you know, I looked it up the other day. Auburn is the only Power 5 team in the country where its wide receivers have not accounted for any sort of touchdown, rushing or receiving. No way, um, wow. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think USF and UAB are the only two FBS teams that aren't service academies that just run the option. Um, so, you know, it, that's not, you know, company you want to be in for, you know, a stat like that. And, you know, it's not all entirely the receiver's fault. I mean, you, know, you look at Javarius Johnson, for example. You know, he's had three big, you know, receptions that have, you know, 
come pretty close to touchdowns where he's been, you know, inside, you know, brought down inside the five yard line. Um, so there's certainly been some opportunities there, but you know, it's just a general lack of production in the passing game that's really hurt them. Um, and, you know, that starts up front. Um, you know, the offensive line play, you know, is either the crux of problems or the solution to a lot of problems. Um, so, you know, you get a little bit more time back there. You know, maybe you can get more production from the receivers, get some of these guys like Coy Moore, get Javarius Johnson involved. I'm surprised we haven't seen a little bit more of some of these, you know, freshmen. Like, you know, even last week we saw Cameron Brown and Omari Kelly get get a little bit more opportunity. So, you know, they're going to have to do something to try to just, you know, up that production from the wide receiver core right now. Let's switch sides of the football. Let's go to the defense for this Auburn Tigers team. Uh, the strength of this defense through four games has been what? Uh, you know, it, it's still got to be the defensive front. I know they didn't perform great against Penn State, but, you know, they really stepped up um, last week against Missouri, you know, especially in that second half. Yeah, they forced you know, six straight punts, um, you know, kind of got enough pressure there at the end to, you know, force that missed field goal and then, uh, you know, kind of got lucky in overtime again. But you, know, you you look at Derek Hall and Colby Wood and Echo Leota, and I, I think that's certainly you know, where the strength of this defense is right now. Um, you know, Derek Hall, you know, probably should have a couple more sacks than he already has, but, you know, he's got three on the year. Um, he's got five tackles for a loss already. He got that big interception last week. Finally got that monkey off their back of not having interceptions through the first three games. Um, so, you know, I, I look for him to, you know, kind of be that, steadying presence and that vocal leader on this defense because you know, he, he is the guy um, and he's been setting the tone for them. Tom, uh, the biggest question mark on the defensive side of the ball uh, coming into the season was the linebackers. A, a lot of guys that were super talented but unproven playing next to Owen Papo. Through four games, how do you think that unit's doing? Uh, well, Owen Papo's pick, uh, you know, pick back up where he was pre-injury. I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, you know, we've seen some flashes from Cam Riley. I, I think they just need to be more consistent against the run overall. Um, you know, between you know a lot of those younger players like Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner and uh, Eugene Asante and, and those guys. Um, but you know, it, it's been nice to see Owen Papo kind of return to form. I know last season was really frustrating for him. Uh, you know, just kind of trying to play through that ankle injury for a little bit and then just not being able to go and then watching. You know, from the sideline as the season kind of came crashing down, um, so it, it's been good to see him. You know, get back to the OP that everybody saw the previous you know two seasons before that. Tom Green's here with us on the program today. You can follow him on Twitter at Tomas underscore Verde and a collection of their work from AL.com at AL.com Sports on Twitter as well. Tom, you look at these last two weeks for Auburn football, and it has been a lot of rumors swirling about the status, the future of Brian Harson as the head coach for the Tigers. What's that been like for you? Look, we just talk about the news that you guys are out there reporting. We have no business whatsoever trying to report any of this ourselves. But when there are so many rumors swirling out there, what's that like, trying to keep your head afloat and uh, understanding what's fact and fiction? Uh, stressful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, don't get a lot of, uh, you know, rest or uh, sleep really, you know, when, when things are kind of tense like this, you know, because, you know, like you said, you're just trying to parse through what's real and what's not um, at this point. Um, and, you know, it's Auburn, you know, it can surprise you. Things can happen at any minute. 
um, you know, it, it seems like coming into the season, uh, I'm not sure if Brian Harson was on the hot seat coming into the season after everything that happened in the offseason, but he kind of built up a lot of goodwill over the you know, last, you know, seven months or whatever it was since the February inquiry. Um, and then that Penn State came, uh, Penn State game came around, and you know you get absolutely hammered at home, and you know it seems like all that goodwill went out the window, and everybody's kind of on pins and needles about you know what got to kind of uh, you know watch your step every every step of the way now. Um, almost feels like it's a week to week thing, uh, you know, especially you know, you're, you're finishing off this five game home homestand to open the season, and then you hit the road, and it doesn't get much easier. You know, you got defending national champion Georgia next week. You got you know a top fifteen Ole Miss team the week after that. You know five of your seven remaining SEC games are against top sixteen defenses when your offense has been struggling. Um, you know it's really treacherous roads ahead, and uh, you know just gotta keep your head on a swivel, really. And so it's so hard to jump to that conclusion at the end of the day. But does it not almost feel like it's a matter of if and not when we do see a change in leadership of that Auburn football program? Or how should you look at this if you're an Auburn football fan? Yeah, it, it definitely feels like it's a matter of when, not if, at this point. Um, you know, barring some you know miraculous turnaround, um, you know, it just seems like this is kind of been a failed experiment that's kind of petered out. Um, team hasn't really fully recovered from that five-game losing streak last year, it seems like, you know, especially offensively. We're seeing a lot of those same issues that doomed them late last season, um, you know, not being able to score in the second half, um, you know, just struggling offensively, not getting good quarterback play. And, you know, you brought in Brian Harson as an offensive guru who, you know, had a good history of quarterbacks and a good history of success at Boise State and, you know, just hasn't been living up to you know that end of the, the deal. Tom Green here with us on the program from AL.com. Like I said, Brant, myself, the rest of our crew, we're clueless when it comes to what's happening behind the scenes and that sort of thing. So uh, catch me up to speed. What is the latest regarding the search for Auburn's next athletic director? I know Rich McGlynn has that interim title right now, but are there any updates out there, Tom? Yeah, I mean, they're still in the process. The two names I keep hearing are Rich McGlynn and Utah State AD Josh Hartwell, um, who is a Mobile native, has some ties to Auburn, used to be the AD at Troy. Um, you know, th- those are the two names that kind of heard, heard the most lately. Not sure on the timeline at this point, but um, again, you know, those are just the, the two names that, you know, people keep mentioning to me um, when, I, when I discuss it with them. Uh, so kind of curious to see how long that's going to take because, you know, that AD may have to make a head coaching decision, um, or at least a head coaching hire. So, um, you know, we'll kind of we'll see uh, what the timeline is for, you know, Chris Roberts making a, making an official move there. You know, I know he said a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, when they named Rich McGlynn as interim AD that, you know, he'd, he'd kind of have some more information about the search in the coming weeks. So um curious when uh, he'll actually – uh, discuss that a little bit more publicly. Yeah, I can only imagine. Hey, you're the new athletic director, right? Now you got to go make a coach that everyone's going to judge. Uh, wow, what a, what a job they're stepping into there, Tom. We always do appreciate catching up with you. How can our listeners support you and the rest of the team there at AL.com? What's the easiest way to do that? Uh, radar stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just go to AL.com/sports or AL.com/Auburn if you want Auburn stuff specifically. Um, read our stuff, um, subscribe to the uh, paper if 
you know, if you're up in the Birmingham area or the Mobile area or the Huntsville area. But um, otherwise, yeah, just, just read our stuff and support us. Everybody okay with your family with the, the Florida Hurricanes going on right now, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, most of my family's in Central Florida right now. Um, and, you know, they, they got a lot of wind, a lot of rain. But um, as of this morning, they still had uh, uh, electricity and internet and everything. So, uh, they they're they've been hunkering down. They they've been doing all right. Um, dogs haven't been fans of uh, of all the rain and the wind, but uh, everybody's doing well. I can only imagine what it's like to be a Dolphins fan right now, Tom, with a three and zero football team. That's what we'll end with. What's it like watching the Dolphins every week? Uh, I, I I I just don't know how to how to act. Um, yeah, um, it's it's weird seeing this team with like a good offense and a good quarterback um and like do well um and and not feel stressed about you know whether or not they're going to score any points um you know that that resume through the first three weeks has got to be you know one of the more impressive ones in the nfl right now when you, know, you beat the patriots you beat the raven you know you had that comeback against the ravens when lamar jackson's just been absolutely ridiculous these first three weeks and then you know you beat arguably one of the best teams in the NFL in Buffalo and, you know, really limit them offensively. Um, feels pretty good. Um, we'll see what happens tonight against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I turn on the television and I see that C word next to the Dolphins' name and that word being contender. Like, wow, the Miami Dolphins, contender. <laughs> That's got to be awesome, man. It's always good to catch up with you. Thanks again for the time. We'll do this again soon, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's our pal Tom Green from AL.com joining us on the show. Yeah, I can only imagine what it's like to be a Dolphins fan. I have no place to speak being a Carolina native and a a fan of a franchise that's never won a Super Bowl before. But to know that you set the bar, the 72 Dolphins, Brant, set the bar, unbeaten. No one else has done that before through an entire season. And as a Dolphins fan, you want it so bad again. And now they are legit, like we've talked about, a contender so far in the AFC. They're really, really good. They are very good, and their offense is very fun to watch. Like Tom said, it's interesting seeing a Miami Dolphins team with a good offense and a good quarterback. And you know, I'm I'm a Falcons fan, very very much the same boat as you. We've had a couple of great years, uh, been to the Super Bowl uh, once or twice, but have not won the thing yet. Um, and it, you're just kind of waiting. But, man, those years that you have that are really good, they are very, very fun. Let's take our next time out here on the program today. Our thanks again to Tom Green from AL.com for joining us on Sports Call. We're back with your phone calls right after this. Tiger 95.9 FM. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with my good pal Brant Daughtry. Our thanks again to Tom Green from AL.com for joining us on the program a moment ago to give us a full preview of Auburn 
versus LSU. Talk about the athletic director search, a head coaching change potentially, and more. If you missed that conversation, go back and listen to it on our Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. The podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and on the Tiger Communications app. We've got more tickets to give away. Let's give away three more football tickets for Saturday's game between Auburn and LSU. Call our prize line right now. Right now to win Auburn football tickets versus LSU. The phone number to dial, 334-887-9999. 334-887-9999. Call our prize line to claim three football tickets for Auburn against LSU on Saturday from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. What stood out to you from that conversation we just had with Tom Greenbrandt? Well, I I mean, he knows what he's talking about, you know? It's one of those things I feel like with he did mention the offensive line uh, and just you you've got to you've got to roll the pocket, you've got to get the ball out in space, you got to get the ball out fast. Uh, and, it, you know, it's a matter of can Auburn execute that effectively or not. I, I like what he said about the linebackers, too. Owen Papo looks like the Owen Papo of old yep. uh, before he got hurt. And he's, he's making plays. He looks like a leader out there. He's moving well. Um, and you've got – to me, it's just obvious with the linebackers. You've got some guys that just haven't been out there very much. Uh, Wesley Steiner, I think, and I hate to single out one kid, especially a, a fellow legend of the 478. But <laughs> Wesley Steiner is a kid that – He's got all the physical tools you could want. It's, he's thinking too much. You know, he's thinking too much. And when you think too much in football, you're stu- you're too slow. You can't think. You have to you have to see and react. You have to know what you're looking at. Uh, and you you've got to be disciplined. And right now, I don't think Wesley is doing a great job of that. I think Owen has gotten sucked into that a little bit. Cam Riley a little bit as well. I think all of the linebackers that play ha- have let their eyes wander a little bit and haven't maintained gaps but the good news is that Owen Papo is playing very well uh, he is the unquestioned leader in that room and uh, I think the linebackers have room to get have room to get better again we're giving away three football tickets first caller 334-887-9999 if you want to win tickets to Auburn's game against LSU and you should it's always an amazing game when these two teams come to play together give us a phone call 334-887-9999 I was on I would like to remind people uh, if you're thinking man LSU looks pretty good Auburn doesn't look really good this is going to be a bad game in 2012. LSU played for the national championship. They lost, but they played in the BCS national championship. Auburn went 3-9, and nine, did not win a game in the SEC. The Auburn-LSU game that year was decided by one score. It is always a great game. That game is always insane. Uh, in 2019, Auburn, that was probably one of the best college football teams of all time that we saw at LSU that year. Auburn went to Baton Rouge, had chances to win, couldn't quite pull it out. It was the best. It was the closest game that Auburn uh, that LSU played all year. They're an incredible football team, but Auburn still played them close. It is always a good game uh and if you're if you think it's not going to be then you're missing out man you're missing out on what's going to be most likely a pretty insane one i had the uh, fortunes of getting to be on radio this morning in lafayette louisiana on the game a radio station there rp3 and company 
and uh, talking about that series. We connected at SEC Media Days this past year and brought up so many of the epic games that we've seen. From what you're saying, Brant, in 2012, think about a game in 2016 when Auburn beats LSU. Yep. Auburn wins an SEC game by only kicking field goals. Did not score a touchdown. They won 18-13. to There were so many crazy plays or penalties at the last play of the game uh, that uh, LSU ultimately ended up losing, and it cost Les Miles his job. That took place. And yeah, I mean, it's just it's wild to sit here and think about everything that has happened uh, in this series. And uh, I think we could possibly see what people wouldn't expect. And that's a competitive game between these two teams on Saturday. The earthquake game, the barn burner, the interception game. Most likely going to get the hurricane game, even though it looks like the weather's going to miss us. I'll forever go back to that interception game. Like, why in the world? Because LSU had a massive lead in the fourth quarter. Stop throwing the ball. Right. Just stop throwing the ball, and that game never happens. But, you know, Auburn comes out with it. And then the the earthquake game where – you know, the stadium was so loud that it registered on the the seismographs near the in at the at the college the, that was in LSU, I believe. And that was there's just a lot in this series. Uh, the barn, like I said, the barn burning down. Uh, who saw it burn? You know, it's it's it. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's always weird. These are two of the weirdest teams in all of college football. And they're meeting, and it's the center of weird college football yeah. every year. Brian Kelly is the head coach now of LSU. He's coming to coach a game in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Who would have thought that would have happened when he's walking up and down the sidelines there as the Notre Dame head coach? Boy, I would have loved to see it happen at some point during his tenure there. Hopefully but... we could find a way to get a home-and-home schedule with Notre Dame. I think that would be pretty well, awesome. You know, when we when we hired Alan Green as athletic director and everyone said, oh, he, he played at Notre Dame, he's a Notre Dame alum, I thought for sure it, that was going to happen. I thought that Auburn and Notre Dame was uh, an, an inevitability uh, in in just about every sport, uh, but much especially football. Uh, would have loved a home and home, or at least like a, a neutral site game, because again, Auburn and Notre Dame have never played each other, um, and, and those two those two need to play each other. And and for what it's worth, Auburn is scheduling home and homes with a lot of teams that they've never played. They've got uh, UCLA. Coming up in a couple of years, Miami. Uh, they've got Cal that's going to start next year. Auburn will be traveling out to California to play the Golden Bears. Uh, is that right? Are they the Cal Golden Bears? Yes, yes, they are. So we're um, we're uh, I, I want to see Auburn play teams that I've never seen Auburn play before. I want to see Auburn play home and homes with schools that. You know, I remember in 2014, um, Auburn went to Kansas State. They played in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, that that game was a lot of fun to watch, even though Kansas State never did make a return trip. I uh, really hope that they would at some point, but they just never have. So Kansas State and Auburn uh, never that return trip was never made, and it's just a it's a weird situation that they're in. No doubt about that. It is indeed, and we'll see all these epic series taking place over the next few years uh, between Auburn and Cal. And, uh, you know, you mentioned UCLA, Baylor, I think, Baylor, is on I think the horizon. Baylor, I think, is one Mi- Miami in and 10 years or so. Amazing things taking place, that's for sure. All right, let's take our break here as we've reached the end of hour number two. A lot of fun things are happening here on the program today. Alongside Brant Daughtry, I'm J.J. Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with my buddy Brant Daughtry here as we've done two amazing hours so far today of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show with one left to go. Still to come in this final hour, we're going to hear from Chris Busher, the NASCAR Cup Series driver who had a great win last week at Bristol and he's getting set for the race coming up this weekend at Talladega. We'll have that conversation here in just a little bit. Your thoughts are welcome. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. As we get this third hour of the program, we do, the, do this every day. It's our daily show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of sports call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, it's time for our Daily Show Recap. So far on today's show, we highlighted our birthdays in sports right out of the gates, continued to give you an Auburn and LSU football preview, had an awesome conversation with our good buddy Tom Green from AL.com, previewing again Saturday's game between the Tigers and LSU. We've given away football tickets on today's show for Auburn and LSU this Saturday, and a lot of great phone calls as well. So it has been an enjoyable show so far far if you missed any of it and you want to go back and listen to it the best way to do that is by checking out our sports call podcast brought to you by coca-cola let's go to our auburn bank phone line and joining us on the program right now we've got daryl from auburn daryl has called into the program today what's going on daryl not much um of course i've heard a lot of talk about um the head coach not going to the recruiting dinner after the penn state game is that correct yeah, there's been a lot of chatter about uh, some of the recruiting efforts of Coach Harson. You're exactly right. Well, what about dinners with maybe high school coaches or potential recruits? Is he not going to those either? Yeah, the the big thing right now is that uh, these high school coaches in the area have all said pretty much that they don't know Brian Harson that well, and he isn't making those trips out to those high schools. He isn't making an effort to make those connections, whether or not uh, – the you know and that wouldn't be such a big deal if nobody else was doing it but the problem is that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart are going out to those high schools and shaking hands and and you know making those connections even when those high schools don't have a player that they're trying to recruit very hard so uh, the the problem right now is that Brian Harson is either unable or unwilling or didn't know that he was going to have to do those things and has not made that adjustment and uh, that, that along with the fact that uh, frankly Auburn has uh, made it very well known that he's on the hot seat have uh, kind of 
all come together as one to make the recruiting efforts just not very good for Auburn right now. Okay, well, I, I got one question, maybe another comment. Uh, what is about Baumhauer's victory grill that makes him go out there every Thursday but none, nowhere else? He's contractually obligated. Yeah, and that's job responsibilities to be out there at Tiger oh, Talk. Well, yeah, yeah, he's other job responsibilities, but he's not fulfilling them. Um, so, but, you know, I, I'm just being mean. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've, you know, I've been Auburn, following Auburn football since 1971, and then uh, I know a person that's quite a bit older, and he, he compared Harson to Doug Barfield. I don't know if anybody ever remembers him or not. But, you know, you know, you know, there's that saying, you know, it's great to be an Auburn Tiger, but right now it sure is tough being an Auburn Tiger. But, you know. That's why we got to stay optimistic. Got I mean, look yeah. at the bright side of things. <laughs> well, you know, if I'm not too tired after I get off work, I guess I'll see you Saturday at the tailgate party. Okay? Make sure you do that, yeah. That would be well, a lot of fun. I only have to block out of my way. <laughs> no excuse. I'm on my bicycle, so, you know. And so you'll get there in no time. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'll be wearing a Waffle House shirt, but I'll have my Auburn hat on. Okay? There you go. War Eagle to that. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you, Saturday, and uh, uh, good luck with your uh, sports your call your call show. Come yeah, on, so. thank you so much for the call today, Daryl. We appreciate it. <laughs> You're good. Bye. All right. That's our good pal Daryl from Auburn joining us there on the program. A lot of good things there for this Tigers team, but uh, yeah, Brant, you've got to be able to pick up recruits. I mean, it's it's got to yeah. got to improve for Auburn from where they're at currently. Recruiting is the lifeblood of your program. Recruiting is what makes the ship run, really. And you know that you've got to be a great coach. I'm not saying that you can just come in here get fi- get every five star recruit and have more talent and just be better. Because the fact is, Auburn has been less talented than Alabama for the last ten years, and yet have managed to win a couple of those Iron Bowls. So uh, you can win with lesser talent, and you. Have have to be able to coach up the talent that you get, whether or not it be good or great. Uh, but the fact is, you have to get better talent than what Auburn has gotten over the past couple of years. And look, for what it's worth, Gus Malzahn went out and he made all those relationships. Everybody who's ever met Gus Malzahn absolutely loves the guy. Uh, and he got fired anyway because his recruiting wasn't good enough. So it's not like that is the only problem with what Brian Harson is doing. Uh, it's not like it's the. It's not like that one thing would fix everything. Uh, but certainly that is a, a thing that Ryan Harson needs to do that he has not done. That one thing would help. It would go a long way yes, if, absolutely. Uh, if the recruiting was in a better spot. 887-3401. To the phone lines we go. Chris from Valley is with us on the show. Hello, Chris. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you guys. I appreciate the tickets earlier. I Congratulations, yes. I appreciate it. It's going to be the first, uh, first game I think I've been to in two years, so I'm excited about that. Um. I do want to touch on some things. Okay. I, I'm just going to bring this up. I just think Harson doesn't want to be at Auburn anymore. And I feel like this is his way of showing that he just doesn't want to be there. I think over the offseason, um, you know, everything that happened, we won't go into that. But I just feel like this – and maybe it's not, um, but I kind of feel like this is his way of just not feeling obligations that are outside of his contractual state, like you guys were talking about earlier. Um, he was con- contractual obligated to go out to Baumhauer's, and he's not having to do that, so to speak, which really and truthfully it is your job to recruit. But um, I just think he wants out, and I, I think this is this is his way out. Um, I hope we compete the rest of the season. Um, 
you know, and, and I do want to point something out. Um, you guys notice first quarter, it, it's always, it's, it's always nice. I mean, defensive line, we're getting pushed. We're getting to the QB. Offensive line is getting that push up front. Um, and then as the game goes on, I, I think we have a conditioning issue as well. Not, not just from a blocking standpoint, but I've, I've played, I, I played football for a, for a long time. And uh, it's always great to start the game, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I, and I do feel like we are seeing some conditioning issues with Auburn as well right now. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, wanted to get your guys' take on that as well. Yeah, um, talking about Brian Harson and his desire to be here, I think Brian Harson wants to be here. I think he is just that kind of competitor. He wants to prove people wrong when people doubt him. Um, it, obviously, it's not working out. I don't think he's going to be going to be given that chance, um, or rather, the chance has not worked out. But I think he wants to be here. And the other thing with with the with all the offseason stuff and whether or not he wants to be here, it was rumored, and I don't know this, but I believe it um, that he was offered a reduced buyout, and Auburn was going to give him less than his contract contractually guaranteed, but still a, a very large sum of money to get out. Um, but and, and he rejected that, saying that he wanted to stay here. Um, I think, you know, uh, as far as the conditioning, Tom Peavy brought this up on uh, on Monday's show. I think it is very fair to call into question the conditioning. Now, not the strength thing. I think you look at these guys, they have put on a lot of good weight. Uh, every offensive lineman is about 20 pounds heavier than they were when they got here, and it's not like they're getting fatter. They are in better shape than they were under Gus Malzahn. But as far as the other guys, um, you're right. The, the second quarter hasn't been good, and it's it's fair to call into question not just play calling, not just scheming, but uh, conditioning as well. That's another big part of it. Yeah, and and I didn't know that about the buyout. That's, that's very interesting. Um, that is that is very interesting to me, but you know, um, if if you want to be at Auburn, though, you're going to have to recruit. Absolutely, I mean, that's, that's absolutely. And to be honest with you, so I I live in the Valley area, which is Lynette. We had two kids, actually three. Um, which one, which is under, which was Coach Story's son, um, who's the head coach at Lynette High right. School who's been to two state championships. I, I helped coach one year with them in between their state championships. And uh, their son, Ken Ken, um, and their other son, God. Caden. God, it's a long day. Yeah, Caden. Caden Story. And then uh, you look at, um, what was the, the corner? Um, anyways, we had three of the top. Top 150 guys in the nation. One of them is up in Alabama. The other one's in Oregon, and the other one's at, at Clemson currently. And you know, neither Malzahn or Harson's made a trip down there. And I can 100% say that because I was there. Uh, and then on top of that, I you know, it, it's just crazy to me that that they they don't make those trips, and it's that close. So. No, yeah, it's, yeah it's, for sure. it's right there in the backyard. Triquez Bridges is at Oregon. Yes, sir, Triquez Bridges. But uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys have a great day. I just wanted to give a call, and I appreciate the tickets. I'll for sure. The game time for sure. Talk Warrigal. to you soon. War Eagle, that's our good pal Chris from Valley joining us here on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 We have seen a lot of talented players in this area. You see high school football every Friday night, Brant, with the high school roles that you've got here uh, within the company. And 
uh, it's pretty fun to see some of the, the future stars of Saturdays Absolutely. Uh, get to go at it on Friday nights. Yeah, you know, I, I keep going back to uh, that Central game. I saw Smith Station and Central play, and it, everybody, on in every one of Central's skill players can uh-huh. go somewhere. Um, and, you know, at, at the time it was uh, – I can't even remember the kid's name now, but he was committed. They, their slot receiver was committed to Auburn. Carmelo English. Carmelo English. Thank you. Uh, their other two outside receivers, I think, could could be Division One players. Uh, they've got really good running backs that they rotate in and out. Uh, they, they're really, really good. And playing in this region, you know, I'm with Smith Station more Fridays than not. Uh, region set Region Two Seven A. Excuse me. Um, it is I've said it before on the show. If there's a tougher region in America, I'd love to see it <laughs> because you've got Central Phoenix City, right. Opelika, and Auburn High School all in one. All in one. By the way, Enterprise is no slouch. Benjamin, or, or say Benjamin Russell's not in the region, but that's who Smith Station played last week. Uh, there's more talent that's in this area. Yeah. Benjamin Russell's really, really good. Their quarterback is very impressive, along with a lot of their uh, their skill players as well. Uh, so I, I really can't wait for uh, to watch Smith Station play Auburn, and that'll be the last game of the the last regular season game uh, of the year. And I, I can't wait to to see the guy the guys that Auburn High School has. Um, I, I still have, like I said, I'm going to go see Auburn and Opelika tomorrow, right? Uh, and I can't wait to watch that game because there's so much talent on both sides for those two squads. So yeah, again, but to to bring it back to Auburn University, there's a lot of local talent in this area. The the per capita talent in Alabama, while the population isn't as high as school as places like Georgia and Texas and Florida where you get these 50 top top 300 recruits uh, each and every year, the the per capita talent in Alabama is so cool. It, it, there's every Every school has a guy, at least one guy, right. you know, that you look at and you go, that guy could be playing just about anywhere. Uh, and to see that week in and week out is very fun. And then it's a fun year because this fall we'll have Super 7 taking place at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yes, Not sir. in Tuscaloosa this year. It's going to be here in Alabama, so we'll see a bunch of uh, state championship games celebrating the high school football season at Jordan-Hare later this fall. 334-887-3401 if you want to call in and chat with us here on the program today. Let's take our next time out. Sports Call returns in a moment. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson and Brant Daughtry here inside our studios. Hope that you're doing well on this Thursday. I began today's show by forgetting what day of the week it was. So at least there's been a little <laughs> bit of improvement from me since we first went on the air. Uh, we have high school football tonight, 7 o'clock here on 95.9 FM. Beauregard taking on Silicaga and then Tiger Talk as well. Andy Bertram and Brad Law, we love those guys. Absolutely, we love those guys. Andy Bertram and Brad Law do it as good as anybody. Uh, there's no better way to 
get ready for Saturday. And there's no better way to spend Saturday uh, with Andy Burcham. So those guys do it right. So uh, be sure to listen to Tiger Talk. And uh, you can listen to it on our app. We have the Tiger Communications app. You can listen to all four of our stations at any time of the day. Uh, and uh, do enjoy. Good stuff. Indeed. Let's take your phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 tiger9 if you want to call in and be a part of the show. As we go to the phone lines now, joining us here on the program, we've got our good pal. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called into the show. Hi, Anthony. Hey, guys. How you guys doing today? Very well. How are you? I'm good. Man, I tell you, I didn't realize this was a big week for Auburn and Opelika to clash at the Duck uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I tell you, that's been a nice rivalry over the years. Uh, I remember when I was a part of it, when I played over for the legendary uh, Wayne Prophet, and uh, how special those games were to me and, and teammates and everybody back during that time. And now Auburn High rolling in there, ranked number one in the state. Uh, Opelika, uh, Bulldogs, I, I tell you, I know they dropped a couple games in the past couple weeks, but Still, it's going to be a barn burner, and they're going to get at it and go jaw to jaw. Absolutely. You know, I, I was talking about it earlier, Anthony. I've never seen this game in person. Uh, I've watched highlights of it a couple of times, but I'm very excited to go out there and uh, and watch these two teams go at it. We talked to uh, the coaches from both teams last night on the coaches' show, and uh, this rivalry is, I believe, it's 46, 47, and three in favor of Auburn right now. Something wow. like that. It's so it's, close. It's so close. It's insanely close. It, they're separated by one game. So, uh, very much looking forward to watching this game tomorrow. Well, I tell you, it'd be a real treat for you since you ain't never seen it. I, I tell you, it's, it was a highlight of, of the season anytime you uh, play those Bulldogs. But when, but when we played them, uh, it was always last game of the season. That made it even more special. But I, I tell you, what really put the ice on the cake, I remember in 1987, uh, we was in the 6A area 6 at the time and coming off a of, 3-9 uh, and nine season the year before. And we, uh, Coach Prophet came to town and turned things around and uh, took us in there. We went to Bulldogs State, as a matter of fact. Uh, I think we went on up the interstate and snuck around the background, Southern Union around there, and come out on one of those back roads uh, at the very last minute and uh, quickly warmed up and everything. And uh, we went out there and took it to those Bulldogs and won the area title for the first time in the history of Auburn High School. Uh, brought that area title home, and uh, that year we beat Central uh, Phoenix City for the first time in, in the history of the whole entire program in the series. So that made that uh, season very special, and it really opened the door for what's going on now with Auburn High School football because uh, – you take away what Coach Prophet done uh, back in those days, uh, that probably wouldn't be a uh, falling like you got now. I mean, people weren't uh, hanging around the, the, the stadium selling out like that every every week like they, uh, now, like, they, uh, like when we played back then. Uh, I think he opened the door to that because I remember when we played Central, that was the first, when we already played Central, that was the first area game for us that particular year. And I remember uh, Coach Prophet was never one to give a big uh, pregame speech. He left that to one of the assistants. And I remember we was in there. We were a little nervous, you know, because we had never beat Central. And we was looking forward to try to do something special. And I remember Coach Gilland came in, and, and he gave a speech and everything. He said, man, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, back here, uh, all the hard work you did in the strength conditioning program in the all season and summer workouts and, and everything we've done up to this point, he said, you've done it for everybody else, the community, uh the school and all this thing. But he says, tonight, play for yourself. He said, we had to beg these restaurant restaurants and uh, things to give you a free hamburger on a Friday or beg these uh, grocery stores to give bananas and uh, oranges during uh, two-a-days and, and beg for cups where you can put Gatorade in. 
He said, nobody believed in you, but we believe in ourselves. Let's go out here and play some ball and see what we can do. And we went ahead in the Whoop Central. They had All-American Ed King. I don't know if y'all guys are familiar with Ed King, but Ed King went over to Auburn for, and played for Pat Dye. was a two-time All-America over there and went on to the pros. But they had Ed King and James Joseph. James Joseph was All-American, too, for Pat Dye. He was on the same team. But, yeah, uh, we went out there and put it to them and did what we had to do in one area championship. That's amazing. It's always fun to think back on those big memories uh, that uh, that you had throughout your life and that sort of thing. And what a fun rivalry it is. I think we'll see a good one again tomorrow. we got to get to our next caller, Anthony, but All it's right, good I to hear from you. guys. Have a good one. All right. That's our good pal, Anthony, joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401. Toll free at one 888 9 We've got... Terry from Auburn. Terry has called into the program. Hey, Terry. Hey, JJ. Brent, how y'all doing? Doing great. Great. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you guys on something. I don't think Brian Harson ever wanted to be at Auburn. Uh, I, I I think he got it. Well, I take that back. I think he got about four or five months into the job and realized he'd made a mistake. I really believe that because if he's not doing the things you said, those are things he just started. I think he got got to Auburn and realized what he was up against across the state and across the state line. And, and realize it's not like this in Boise. I ain't got to recruit. I ain't got to go to the quarterback clubs. I ain't got to go to the dinners and functions. I ain't got to do all that out there. Sure. I just got to coach football. Sure. And he got down here and realized there was way more on his on his dinner table, not on his plate, but on his dinner table than just coaching football. So you do have to wonder really, what never, it's like for that to sit in personally. Like, obviously, like we're saying, to, to think on paper, to have those thoughts and be like, yeah, I've got to go up against Alabama and Georgia essentially every day, 365. But then once you're actually in it, it's got to be a little bit more uh, pressure that all of a sudden you're feeling. Well, I, I just, just don't believe that there was a – this was an Allen Green hire all the way. And, and I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think he's a horrible fit. And and uh, people misunderstand when I say he's a horrible fit. I think he's a bad. I don't think Ryan Harson's a bad coach. I just think he had his coaching ability was more on display in 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 Idaho than Auburn, Alabama. And let's face it, guys, Boise to Idaho is about what three thousand miles or so. From here, I I don't know what the exact yeah. distance is, but it's it's a far way. Yeah, it's a long way, and that's a big time culture change, guys. It really is. Yeah, I, I think I think you're you're bringing up a good point. X's and O's, uh, coaching up football players, just coaching football. I think Brian Harson can do all that, but it's it's the politicking, right? It's the 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 go it's the going out and shaking hands and kissing babies thing that that a lot of guys don't want to do, and and that's the difference maker for Brian Harson right now. Yeah, see, I've never believed that because he just uh, – I don't think he's a bad coach. I just really don't. I just think it's incredibly bad fit. And he, he got into it in, in four or five months, somewhere in that genre into it. He was okay, I've made a mistake. But I, and I contend that, that Brian Harson wasn't the best. He was just the first guy to say yes. I believe he was down the list a little bit. Yeah, and, we we we'll never know that, but it's certainly yeah, possible. We'll I mean, that, I mean, right. most most guy most coaches, you know, it, who who is the first guy you call? I mean, do, do you call the Nick Saban, I don't know, but no, <laughs> no I wouldn't uh, at this point. But you never know. Um, I had a, I had somewhere I was going with that, but I don't remember what it was. Never mind. But see, what blows my mind is they talk about you know competition against Nick Saban and winning recruiting battles. Well, there's a guy at Liberty University did both that, but yet he wasn't considered because him and the commissioner of the SEC have a beef with each other. Well, for and what so for I, what it's worth, I, I'm not interested in Hugh Freeze either as a fan. I just I. Yeah, I think if you go after Hugh Freeze, then you fired Gus Malzahn for nothing. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's he's two guys miles on point, you know, part two. But you know, he seems a little bit be a little bit better of a recruiting, maybe understands how the game is played on the line a little bit better than Gus ever did. And and I contend that Gus fell in love with what he wanted as opposed to what he needed. That's what that that that, that change alone uh, was a problem. I think he sold his soul to Bo Nix, and and that was his undoing. Quite honestly, um, you know. I just, I just, I, I've always contended, but I just believe that 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 whoever the next coach is, if when there is an opening, if they, or if there, when there is an opening, not if, when, that it's going to be a guy that can get somebody like Carmelo English back in the picture. Yeah. And you got to understand yeah. how the SC, the game, the game of football in the Southeastern Conference in this day is played on offense, not on defense. I and think. It, I, you, I think it, whoever whoever it is, I think you're right. You've got to get a guy in here who understands that the offense has to be able to put up points because, frankly, as good as Georgia's defense was last year, it you know we said statistically, man, how good is this defense? It's historically good. The 2012 defense at Alabama was significantly better, but that Georgia defense was so good because of what football is right now. Uh, and whoever comes in here and, and takes Brian Harson's place, if and when that happens, uh, is is going to have to understand that. And I think you're right. I, it's going to have to be someone who understands the importance of the line, who understands the importance of recruiting. Um, and, and you know, you, you, you just going back to Hugh Freeze real quick. My thing with Hugh Freeze is everyone talks about what a good recruiter he was. Well, yeah, he was such a good recruiter that he got fired from Ole Miss, right? And, and Liberty. You know, you're not recruiting at Liberty the same way you're going to recruit at Auburn. Uh, and, you know, I I have my hesitations about Hugh Freeze. As with all coaches, if he gets hired at Auburn, I'm going to support him. I'm going to root for him to be the, the best football coach ever. But, you know, I, I personally don't see that happening. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying that some Auburn fans and, and some people in the media are saying, well, you got to beat Nick Saban and win some of those one-on-one battles. Well, Hugh Freeze has already proven he can could do that. And he wasn't fired at Ole Miss for recruiting, was he? He was fired for the way he recruited. Well, that, okay. Well, there we go. The way you recruit. Okay, that's a nice way that's, to say it. I that's like what that. I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, I like that. I like the way you recruit. I like that. I just think that guys, people sometimes misjudge what I say or misunderstand what I'm saying. That I think Brian Harson's a bad coach. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. I just think he's a rotten fit. And that 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 needs to be. I'm, I, yeah. I hate to reiterate myself because that sounds like I'm beating the dead horse. But that's just all it is. It is so I think, important. I think, I think he realizes he's in over his head. I really do. Yep. Terry, it's good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. That's our bout to Harry from Auburn joining us here on the show. Good points being made, and uh, fit at the end of the day is everything for a position like this. Yeah, and I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that you have to be a guy who has coached in the Southeastern Conference or is from this area to be successful in the SEC. But you have to understand what you're up against, and you have to understand what's going to be asked of you. Um, I, I think a guy from Ohio or Michigan or even Boise, Idaho could come here and have success, but you have to understand that it is different. And you have to understand that you are going, it is a 24-hour-a-day job. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to get paid handsomely for it. And, you know, it's it's a matter of are you able to rise to that challenge? And Brian Harson to this point, has not been able to. Brant, let's give the good people a TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. All right, it's our Nightly TV Guide, and it's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tonight, college soccer, Butler and Providence at 6 on FS1. We've got college football, Utah State at number 19, BYU. 7 o'clock on ESPN. 7.20 on Amazon Prime Video. The Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. You got a prediction in that one? 
Dolphins, Bengals. Dolphins, Bengals. Oh, it's so hard to pick against the Dolphins right now, but the Bengals are so loaded, and you're just waiting for them to explode, right? Uh, I'm going to go Dolphins. thought you were going to predict go a tie, because that's possible in the NFL. <laughs> uh, the I day, will never predict a tie, because I am not a communist. The uh, the day after tomorrow I, I should comes on at 7 o'clock on Max. <laughs> Toy Story 2, 7.55 on Freeform. Banger. And then Hocus Pocus, a fun movie, 8 o'clock Central on ABC. For that is Disney adults. a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Really fun show today, and we're back at it again tomorrow as we get you set for Auburn and LSU, Talladega coming up this weekend, and more. Brant, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Tom Green from AL.com for joining us on the program, and thank you for all of your phone calls. Alongside Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.